So Money Episode 1023, David Bach. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Torabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. You can either worry through this time or you can work through this time. The fastest way for me to get out of my own anxiety is to figure out what I'm going to go work on. Today, we're in conversation with the one and only David Bach, financial expert and 10-time New York Times bestselling author. I trust and appreciate David's advice and his perspectives so much. Ever since he wrote his first book, The Automatic Millionaire, and my mom and I watched him appear on the Oprah Winfrey show, I thought, I'm going to meet him one day. And not only that, not only did I meet him, but David became a friend and a mentor, big supporter of my career and a frequent guest on this podcast. He's actually stopped by a bunch of times. And now more than ever, I'm thrilled to have him join, grateful really, to give us his reflections on all that's happening amidst the coronavirus. Did you know that David's been living in Italy for the past year? Yeah. So we discuss his day-to-day life with his family, living in the country with the quarantine now. He's on day 17, probably even longer now by the time this is airing. And he talks about how to keep our mind and money healthy during these challenging times. You want to take notes on this one. Here is David Bach. David, welcome to So Money. Oh my gosh, I cannot believe we are connected. Firstly, how are you doing? Well, first of all, it's so good to connect with you. And it's so funny because I just went on to Skype, right, to reach you. Yes. And Skype tells you, oh, it's been a year since you've talked. And I'm like, oh my God, has it almost been a year since we talked? We Um, did see each other. We've run into each other in person a couple of times. But yeah, like really having a conversation, it's been a while. Yeah, because we did the we did a right you know when I did the Latte Factor book, so that yes. was May. Yes. Um, so it, anyway, it's so good to be with you, and I got and I want to hear everything about you. I want to hear I want to hear what you're up to and how your family is. Oh uh, um, well, everyone on the show knows I keep them updated, but you know just to let you know we're we're fine. We're in our home. We're uh, obviously quarantining ourselves. It's been we're going on week two, and our caretaker we've. Um, you know, she's home, um, safe, and we're continuing to pay everybody we need to pay. We just want to keep as many lights on as we can, keep life yeah. as normal as possible, because this is uh, this is the time, you know, like this is when you're supposed to use all of your emergency funds. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, which hopefully pull, you have pull out all the board games and um, let yeah. the dishes pile up in the sink. That is basically the mo right now. Uh, but we're, <laughs> we're we're making do, and I want to hear from you because you have been in this the thick of this for some time now, based in Italy. Now, first of all, this was not what you had probably anticipated moving out to Italy for with your family <laughs> for what was it a year? Yeah, no, it wasn't. We moved to Florence, Italy, July of last year. So we've been here since July. I will tell you, like, before I go into like what the quarantine's like, moving to Italy has been the greatest experience of our life. My family has loved it. We 
we've loved everything about being in Italy, but I think that, you know, when people go like, what's the biggest thing you've liked about being in Italy? And I, I say, you know, it's been totally transformational for our family, which is why we moved here. My, my son, my older son, Jack, who you've known since he was little, um, he's now 16 and he's a sophomore and, and my, and James is 10. And I wanted to move the family abroad before Jack went off to college. So it was like a super intentional plan to move abroad for one school year while Jack's a sophomore. And it's just been beyond anything I could have hoped for. But the biggest, so it's just ironic because I was thinking about this as I was getting ready to log on with you that the biggest thing that, that Italy has done for us is it's taught us how to slow down to the speed of life. <laughs> and let me just say it one more time. It's taught us how to slow down to the speed of life. There's, there's a Italian's truly live life up until this quarantine, right? Like there's a saying that in Italy, people work to live. They don't live to work. And it's a very complimentary thing. Like people hear about family and, and about connection and, and really engaging with each other and, and family. And so it's just been so good for us to see that and be a part of it and learn how to slow down. And what's ironic is that this quarantine is like slowing down to the next, like really slowing down, right? Because because now we've been home for, we're on day 17 um, officially of the quarantine in Florence, but really things started hitting us about four weeks ago here. And so I started doing my own podcast again because I wanted I've been wanting to share with my friends, basically, like, guys, this is what's going on in Italy because because we're ahead of what's going on in the U.S. We're like four to six weeks in front of the U.S. And so it's just been fascinating. It's actually it's been surreal for It's 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 just like a back to the future movie. Only I'm living it because oh it's like I'm in a time machine. And as we see what's unfolding in the U.S. today, it's like, oh, that's what we went through 16 days ago. That we went through 14 days so ago. So what's in our and, future? Know, <laughs> what's in our future what? here in the United States based on the fact that you guys are weeks ahead? When does it start to, you're not there yet where you're feeling a little bit like there's a return to quote unquote normalcy? Not there yet. No. Well, I think where we are right now, which is really important, is that I feel like we're, we're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. So we're we're, we're very hopeful because we're 17 days into this quarantine all over the country, right? Which, which, which was an, really candidly three weeks ago, not fathomable. It was not fathomable that all of Italy could be quarantined. It wasn't even on the radar screen, right? Like there were these, you know, they, they first we couldn't believe they quarantined uh, Venice and, and, and Milan because those are huge cities. It was no longer in the small cities. I had just been in Venice for Valentine's Day with Alicia. We were there for Carnival and then a week later they were quarantining it. So that was sort of stunning, right? And then when the came down, no, they're going to quarantine the whole country. We we're like, wow, really? And and I think, let me step back and explain why that happened in Italy, because I think it's a kind of like okay. what may happen in the States or should happen in the States. What happened in Italy, again, like time machine, is that as soon as they started saying, we're going to quarantine Milan and Venice and up north, people were like, wait a minute, what? You're going to quarantine us up here? Well, I don't want to be in Milan. Like, I'm, not, I'm, I'm putting words in people's mouth, but I don't want to be in Milan get me to the beach, get me to the country. And so there was a mass instant exodus of people on trains and cars and planes to get out of these spots that were quarantined. Well, as soon as that started happening, 
the territories down south were like, wait a minute, what are you people doing to us? We don't want all these people that are sick coming down here. Our hospitals can't handle it. Stay where you are. So that's what led – that's the chaos that led to the government going, we just have to shut all – we have to quarantine everybody in Italy across the board. Stay where you are. Well, if you look – fast forward to – New York, fast forward, because you're in Brooklyn, right? You're still in yeah, Brooklyn? we're in Brooklyn. And we had all those thoughts, David. We thought we need to get that, get out of Dodge. We're going to get an Airbnb in the middle of the Poconos. Yeah. We're going to go, we're going to fly to San Francisco and be with our parents. But then I thought, I don't want to bring two little snotty nosed kids to my parents. You know, they're in that high risk age. Right. So we just stayed put, which, you know, seemed like at the end of the day, the best option. Well, and I think it probably is the best option. And what happened, and this is why it's such, why we're just seeing, the times recreate in the States right now is that people did scatter, right? So like I was calling friends three weeks ago in New York and saying, guys, if you're going to get out, you need to get out of New York now because in two or three weeks, you won't be able to. And they're like, what are you talking about? Like my friends are at the beach in California. Like, you know what? You're ridiculous. This is like a flu. It's no big deal. A week later, their schools are closed, right? And, you know, and my friends did scatter. People went to the Hamptons and they went to Florida and they went to, they literally, these are the places they went to Hamptons, Florida, Cape Cod, Martha's Vineyards, Hawaii. Like you talk about how Manhattan has spread this all over the, uh, all over America. It's hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people in New York City that were already infected, not knowing it immediately getting on planes, trains, and automobiles and going all over the country. That's also why you saw Trump recently say, hey, if you left New York, quarantine yourself for 14 days. So these things that we saw happen in Italy, by the way, they also, the reason they, that China and South Korea did so well is they clamped down on it so quickly. Uh, you know, when you ask me like what's coming, and I think the most important thing I want to do when I do these podcasts is is give people hope and strength and opportunity because there's a lot you can do to keep your mindset right during this time, which I think is really important. And we can, of course, talk about money. Um, but I think, you know, we're, we're, we're having hope here. I got sidetracked. We're having hope here because 17 days in, the amount of cases are starting to flatten, which is exactly what we keep hearing about, right? Like flatten the curve. And so we've had four days now where it's flattening. It hasn't dropped yet, but it's flattening, which is really like what we're all hoping for. So we're hoping in another week to 10 days, we start to see it drop. But I think that there's a realization here that even though we were told originally that this would we would be quarantined until like the end of March, early April, I think we really expect that this will be pushed back. I would be very surprised if it's not pushed back until the end of it, until the end of April, maybe May. Um, but I think what everybody here is very focused on is staying healthy. I mean, everybody here is hurting financially too, right? All the businesses are closed, but there's sort of like a real sense of we're in this together to save. In many cases, we're in this to save our parents' lives, right? Because family right. here in Italy, and so many people's grandparents live with them, and and so there's a real sense of we versus me that, I don't know, it's super inspiring. Like, you know, coming here from America and I was like this, you know, three weeks ago, like, oh my God, this isn't a big deal. I'm going out with all my expat friends. We're out the week before the quarantine furnish. I was out every night socially and at the gym, right? It was just, it's just the, the speed by which things changed was amazing. And then your mindset changes, right? Like, and now we're not going out at all. And a week ago we were able to go out and like 
go jog and go for walks. I was taking two-hour walks in the country. It's like, this isn't that bad, right? Like, you know, I mean, this sucks, but it's not horrible that now it's like, you're not supposed to be 400 yards from your home. Now we carry note to say why we're out. You can go to the grocery store, you can go to the pharmacy, you can walk your dog, but if you're 400 yards away from your home, then the police want to see your note and they want to know why. And that is because while a lot of people have taken this quarantine seriously, not everybody has. And the problem with this virus is if everybody doesn't take it seriously, it doesn't stop spreading. I don't know. That's kind of somber, somber but like, that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. Over, and, and then what are we doing at home? Well, like working out, <laughs> doing a lot of beach body workouts. <laughs> Good for you. I'm not there yet. I, oh man, it's so hard when you got two little kids and no childcare and two full-time working parents. I mean, basically I've just stopped freaking out about everything and I've just started to go with the flow, do what I can, continue to stay connected to the community, to friends. I think it's important to just every day, every as, as much as possible, like check in with people. Well, and I think this is the ultimate time to lean in to your family and your friends versus lean out, right? Like you can lean out and be on Netflix and, you know, just scrolling through social media all day and reading the negative news. Or this is a time where like you can reach out to your friends that you love them. The coolest thing right now is everybody I reach out to is home. Yeah. I've I've reached more people in the last seven days than I've reached in the last seven months. People are answering their phones. They are. They totally are. Like I just, as I'm talking to you, my best friend just tried to FaceTime me. She's never tried to FaceTime me at nine o'clock in the morning on a Friday. But you know what? She's home with her two boys and probably needs a break. So um, next thing I'm going to I'm going to call my best friend in D.C. and check in on her. And last night I discovered that my five year old's pretty good at math. Didn't know that. (laughs) I'm like, wait a minute, you're learning math in kindergarten. Like I was just I was like, Evan, what's, you know, three plus six and that his little brain's working and he's counting his fingers. He's like nine. I'm like, Oh my God, I have a genius on my hand. I had no idea. Um, A future hedge fund manager. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about money. Um, I really wanted to have you on as well to give us some, provide us with some hope and some perspective on what's happening in the financial world. And I think, you know, you and I, we, um, we worked together during the last recession. We did the Today Show like every day, just trying to keep Americans really calm and collected. Yeah. I th- This is so different, David. This is not – I'm trying to find parallels to the advice and the strategies that we practiced during the Great Recession. And certainly some of that still holds, but I feel like this is completely different. And so do you find yourself coming up with new ways of thinking about money right now? You know, first of all, what you just said just blew my mind away because you're right. We were together doing Money 911 segments, and that was 10 years ago. Oh, my God. Farnoosh, how is that possible? How is it possible that it was um, just 10 years ago and now we're in, we thought, you know, this is a once in a generational experience, right? This sort of mark, stock market tank, this sort of unemployment rate. And yet now here we are with a far scarier numbers. You know, if you go back to that time, because it's really funny, a friend of mine said, oh, you should write Start Over, Finish Rich Now. And I laughed. I said, you know, I wrote that book in 2010. And I said, you know, in 2008, in 2009, the world was felt like it was coming to an end. Um, and one of the things that I remember being on the Today Show, and I think actually it was Matt Lauer who asked me, do you really think things can improve from here? And I remember saying, 
I don't have a doubt in my mind things will improve. They always improve when we have recessions. The markets always recover. And I said, the fact is right now, everything is on sale. The stock market is on sale. Real estate is on sale. I'm like, and I would always talk to the camera guys. It was funny because all the camera guys today show, they were all investors. And and I remember, you know, we were always talking about investments in the green room. And I'd say, you know, this is one of those rare times in life where all of a sudden real estate prices have gone down so much that you can buy homes below replacement cost. And And the bottom line is you don't have to be very smart when you buy things cheap. Because cheap things that you buy often always go up in value. That's, that's what these recessions do, right? So that was 10 years ago. And, you know, the market was like at one point, like the Dow was like at 7,500, right? And people were like not even funding their 401k plans. They had cashed everything out. They were just sitting there waiting, going, it's never going to get better. And, you know, the market today, even with this correction, we're like at 22,000. So the market went up 400% since that recession, right. and now, now it's come back. But, you know, people who bought homes in the last recession, they they doubled their money, some cases tripled their money. And so, you know, the, the reality is these things, this is a different time. I think this is worse than the recession that we went through before. I think, first of all, we're in there. People are like, are we, we going to go in a recession? No, yes. my friends, we're in a recession. It's just not been layered yet. Um, you know, the real question is, do you go into a depression one that we never lived through? Um, never in the history of our lifetimes, and maybe even the world, has so much money been thrown at a problem as fast as this one. Um, but I, I'll just say this. Yes, things will get better again. They always do. And if I had to be an investor today and I, w- and I didn't need the money back for 10 years, I'd be super excited, right? Yeah. If you're in your 30s or your, 30s or your 50s and you're not retiring the next year or two, guess what? Everything's on sale. The best thing that could happen is these markets stay where they are for the next two, three, four, five years. You keep investing. You keep paying yourself first. You use your 401k plan. You use your IRA account. And the markets then go higher, which they will. You know what? If you and I are still doing this another 10 years from now and it goes by as fast as the last, I have no doubt for our nation, we can check this later in 10 years. The markets will be higher in 10 years. Real estate prices will be higher in 10 years. Uh, one of the things that's going to happen right now. It's going to be an incredible opportunity to buy real estate again. Interest rates, all-time lows, like so many opportunities right now, opportunities for first-time renters to buy their first home because people are not going to be rushing out to buy homes. There's going to be an incredible opportunity to buy homes cheaper than there was a year or two ago. There's going to be an incredible opportunity for those who own homes to refinance. I mean, this, this horrible thing that we're going through is going to create and is already creating opportunities for people who put on their opportunity glasses, right? Like you need to take off the pity party glasses if you're wearing them. And then people get mad at me for that. But like, look, you you can either worry through this time or you can work through this time. And I just know for me, like I'm somebody who can have my own level of anxiety. The fastest way for me to get out of my own anxiety is to figure out what I'm going to go work on, work on some create opportunity for myself or my family or others, then I'm going to get out of that worry, that worry mode. So I'm, and I'm training my kids on this too. Like I've already, this week we opened up a brokerage account for the kids to start investing. I did a whole lesson on how to buy your stock. You know, they own some stocks already, but how to buy stocks during a time like this. Like we had a lesson with James and Jack and, you know, which is really hard by the way for me teaching my kids. Cause if I can teach strangers kids, but getting my own kids to listen to me, 
that's like a whole nother deal for him. <laughs> I don't know. So give us the lesson. Give us the quick primer on how to pick stocks, even though I'm not, this podcast is not about how to pick stocks. So how are you well, teaching your so kids? Well, so I went, I literally went through the steps of like, how do you buy stocks? First of all, like teaching them again, like this is how you look up a company that's publicly traded. This is how you look up the symbol. This is how you look up the share price. This is how you go on the computer and buy the stock. But the part that's the most important part is not those little technical aspects. It's how do you think, right? So like I was saying to my kids, right now, everything is going down. But there are businesses that are doing really well. I said, what do you, th what do you think the businesses are that could be doing really well? Because those are the businesses we should go look at right now on investing. All right now, that's a really simple question. And James, 10 years old, says, well... The Kleenex box was sitting in front of him. Who makes Kleenex? Because I bet they're selling a lot of Kleenex right now. And I said, huh, why do you think they're selling a lot of Kleenex, James? He's like, well, if everybody's getting sick, aren't they going to have to blow their nose? Hmm. That's an interesting point. Uh. Well, okay, let's go look at how would you do that? You'd go to Google and you'd type in who makes Kleenex. Then he gets to the company. Is that company publicly traded. Turns out who, I didn't even know who makes Kleenex. It turns out it's a company called Kimberly Clark. Oh, is Kimberly Clark publicly traded? Yes, it is. Symbol comes up. Then we looked at the stock price. You can see the stock is actually going up. <laughs> then, he, so that was like, that's on his list. Okay, we'll go investigate if that's a stock we want to buy. We'll put that on our list. What else do you think is it? What else, James? Well, what about Clorox? You, you buy all this Clorox to clean the house. I bet a lot of people are buying Clorox. Oh, interesting, right? So mm -hmm. then, ja then Jack right? goes, well, what about Zoom? My classes are all on Zoom now. Is Zoom publicly traded? Oh, Jack, I don't know. I mean, I do know, but I don't know, Jack. Why don't you go look? He goes to the computer. Oh, yeah. I mean, I knew Zoom. had recently gone public. Zoom's trading at all-time high. But guess what? It's probably going to go higher. Zoom's been brilliant right now. Everybody's starting to use Zoom. And so he went and yesterday bought a share of Zoom. So if they come out of this time, this quarantine, and one of the lessons is in a very bad time, there's opportunity. That's a, that's a very powerful lesson. Like I am focused on teaching my kids how to maximize this time. I keep saying to my family, how do we thrive on a daily basis? This is not about surviving this quarantine. Every day, this family, we need to focus on thriving. And how do we come out of this quarantine stronger than we went into this quarantine? Now, I don't want you to... Yeah, I want to be real here. Not every day is beautiful at the Bach household. <laughs> Thanks for saying that. Because I'm sitting here in my pajamas with my kids outside in the other door. And I've turned to tequila, David. The wine isn't helping anymore. It's tequila. Oh, my God. A friend of mine just told me he had a case of tequila delivered to him. I'm like, a case? Wow, you guys are varsity. I can um, see that. We're do One of the things we're doing, and I don't probably you're you've done this too, but it's been super helpful is we've been doing these evening in uh, Italy, they call it aperitivo, but it's basically a cocktail hour. And we're doing these family Zoom calls where we've got two or three families. Oh, we're that's a great idea. Appetizers and we're having drinks and we're connecting for an hour. And it's been really, again, there's, there's a lot of ways to connect during this time. I think it can be very isolating. And little things like that have been super helpful. Um, and even yesterday, like because we had actually a difficult day yesterday, we were sort of sort of down at the Bach household and our friends could tell. And we we're like, oh, yeah, you know, 
this is what happened today with the kids. And, and they're like, oh, this is what's happened to us too. And like even having just the sharing of like, yeah, okay, we're all going through kind of the hitting the wall standpoint of the day seven, you know, yesterday, day 16, like the novelty is sort of wearing off. And it's like, how do you keep it fresh, right? Because <laughs> that's part of it too. Like if we're here another month, two yeah, months. Yeah, you got to pace yourself. Uh, you got to pace yourself. You got to keep it fresh. So these are all such great, reminders and I love the the positivity that you're you know that you're focusing on a lot of people we just saw are applying for unemployment benefits it's a record you know three over three million people applying for jobless benefits in the most recent week and that number is going to go up now a lot of those jobs will be replaced fast because those are jobs that were directly hit because of the coronavirus people who work in restaurants and airlines and uh, places like that so hopefully this is not a long-term unemployment, but a lot of people are worried about income and how do you how do you make do in this economy? How can you pivot to transfer your skills to a different job uh, that has no that no longer exists, frankly, because you cannot leave the house? I know. Well, that's why online entrepreneurism is going to become very quickly. <laughs> I, I think before you start trying to figure out what your next career act is. You know, going back to what should people do immediately, and this kind of goes back to ten years ago too. You know, money nine one one days. But like, here, here's what you need to do right now. It's there's two sides to the coin. There's the personal financial coin, and there's the business. You could almost do two separate podcasts on this. Um, personally, and really, this applies to business too. You have to cut your overhead right now as fast as you humanly can. So you've got to go through your expenses and find the money. And that me, I mean, I'm not talking latte factor stuff here, right? Like I'm talking, you should pull out your bank statements right now for at least the last two months. I'd actually pull out this since you got time. I go pull the last year and I go through your expenses of the last two months and I go, okay, what here is like oxygen. I absolutely have to have it right. Like, and ironically, some of the things that are like oxygen, like rent, for example, you know, you might be able to call your landlord and get your rent reduced right now. People are doing it left and right, right? I'm a landlord yes. and you're paying me $2,000 a month and you call me up right now and say, I, I can't pay you 2000 but I can pay you 1000 uh, If I'm the landlord, I'm going to take 1000 over nothing, which is what I could have if you just stopped paying at all. So I think, you know, being proactive and, and, and like now, like now, like get off this podcast, go pull these statements out go through your expenses and cut anything that's not oxygen. I mean, like literally there are, if you don't have a paycheck coming in right now and you're going to be out of money, these $1,200 checks, the government's going to send you, it's not going to make a huge difference and you're going to need more. And so the fastest thing you've got control over is cutting your overhead. And I mean, there are people paying for things right now that they're not able to use. Like if you have a gym membership, the letters and the emails right now to cut the gym membership, right. there are people paying for office space right now. We work and we work's not even open. Right. So you, you've got to go through your expenses and cut them today. Cut the subscription fees. And you know what? You, it's not the end of the world. You'll be able to go and take, bring those back online when your income comes back. But the faster you get your overhead down, what happens is people wait too long. Don't wait another month or two months or three months. You're just you're just draining the money that you have. And this is not going to be a 90-day fix. Like you just said, like, oh, when when this comes back to normal and we can travel and then we'll go back to the restaurants, everybody will be back at work again. No, you won't. You won't be back at work again the next day. There are restaurants that are shutting down. They won't open up again. I have a friend who had to go home and lay off 400 people. He shut had to shut down six restaurants. Well, I don't know if he's going to open those restaurants back up again or not, right? Like a lot of these businesses are not coming back the next day. 
And it's not like a light switch that you just turn them back on. The airlines decide to start flying again in 60 days. Everybody's not going to go running planes again or go or go travel. Yeah, that's a really great point. There is going to be this sort of PTSD. They said that, you know, after they've, they've kind of looked at other sorts of pandemics and health scares and people and where there may or may have been some regulation, you know, social distancing, whatever, people have a hard time kind of going back to quote unquote normal simply because that fear is still in them. And so what do you think? Do you think that's going to have any impact on getting us back quickly to normal? Absolutely. I mean, I, I want to be an optimist and I want, I'm, and I'm, and I'm going to be a realist, right? Like here's reality. I believe a year from now, life will be back to normal. I told my kids, you know what, guys, I know this is bad right now, but a year from now, you're going to be back in school and life's going to be normal. But it, is life going to be normal in September? I don't know. I hope my kids in Italy are back in school in September, but you know what? I don't know that I'll be on a plane going back to visit my family in San Francisco, right? Like I don't think life is normal in 90 days. I just don't, I I think it's unrealistic. A year from now, it could be back to normal. Normal is going to be, by the way, a totally new normal. This is going to change things and, and create a reset globally, unlike anything we've ever gone through in our lifetime. And by the way, great companies will be created right now, great opportunities will be created, and many people will redesign their life for the better as a result of this time. And I think that that's, you know, the questions you ask yourself during this time are going to determine the direction that you go and how you feel about that process, right? Like I had a friend of mine the other day, he told me, you know, I wake up every day is like Groundhog Day and I just don't even want to open my eyes because I'm just dreading the day. And I said to him, well, how's that working for you? And he's like, what do you mean? I go, well, how is that working for you? He's like, well, it's not working well. I go, I know. Waking up and having a pity party is not a good process. He's like, I didn't say I'm having a pity party. I said, you told me you're waking up every morning and going through a list. You're asking yourself questions that's re that's negatively impacting the way you feel the moment you wake up. I said, the, he goes, well, what do you do? I go, well, you can wake up and ask yourself, how could you have a great day? You could wake up and go, what's the biggest thing? You, how are you going to find meaning today in this mess? Like one of my things I keep telling my, like every day I have to find meaning and a message in the mess. And it sounds like a great little quote, but it's true. Like if I can find meaning in my day, if I can have, if I can lean in to do one positive thing with my kids every day, if I can physically do something positive every day, I turn, I just looked at my little beach body account and I'm like, Oh my God, I did 11 workouts this week. I'm, di- I'm doing double workouts. I'm so <laughs> jealous. You're going to come out of this looking like Hercules and I'm going to be like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I just thought, you know, like, cause I, I see like, if we're here for six more weeks, I'm like, well, you know, I got a pull up bar today. Like the kids were trying out the pull up bar. I'm like, let's get in shape. Like, and, and so I'm trying to find meaning in the message and, and, and that part of that's movement. I mean, I've always been a meditator. I always exercise, but like staying with those routines and then my personal thing, but I think anybody can do this is like doubling down on your goodness. And I mean, I was not really, you know, I've been just enjoying life over here and th- there's, you, there's nothing in doing this podcast, right? Like yeah. I'm doing this podcast to service. And so I started, I'm like, okay, I'll start recording podcasts to try to help people. And we've had more people download the Latte Fact. I've got this podcast, the Latte Fact with David Bach. I looked at my numbers yesterday. I'm like, oh my God, we had more downloads last week than in the first 90 days of the year. Mm-hmm. And the last two podcasts we put out, I did a podcast this week called This Too Shall Pass. It's the most popular podcast I've ever done. Go check that out. 
about this too shall pass. We put out a podcast yesterday called Live Rich Now. And I'm just trying to do things that will add value. We've got a brand new program coming out. It's going to come out like I've been working on this for five months, but it just turns out like we're going to probably put this out in the middle of this quarantine. Um, it's a financial challenge. And it's a five-day online course that people can go through for free. And it's going to show you how to build your emergency account, get protect your credit score during these times, get your credit score up potentially, uh, buy your first home if you're a renter, refinance your debt. Like One of the great things right now is everything's refinanceable. You can lower your student loan debt. You can lower your credit card debt. You can lower your home mortgage rates. So that five-day program will launch it in like another week. And by the way, if people want to check it out, they can come over to davidbach.com and put your email into our newsletter list and you'll get an announcement on that. Um, and that program will be free. So just looking for things that we can do while this is happening to try to help other people, um, I don't know, gives you meaning in this mess. That's great. We're going to put those links on our site. Last question, David. What is going to happen with your relationship with Italy now? Are you going to stay longer because this has kind of interrupted your experience in some ways? Or are you going to extend your stay? Are you what, What's the plan? You know, I, I think, we'll, first of all, who knows with life right now? I mean, because I would have never imagined we would be living in a quarantine. Uh, but I will say a lot of our friends immediately, like two and a half weeks ago, flew home. So we had friends fly home to San Francisco and New York and Maine. And ironically, we have friends all over the world because of being here. Friends who flew back to Australia, New Zealand, by the way. And now everyone's in the same boat. So they all went home, but they're living through similar experiences. Um, we love it here. And you know, God willing, everything goes right. I think we'll now we'll stay um, because we've learned to love Italy. I have to say, I feel very safe here. And, you know, I wouldn't, I don't want this to sound wrong, but I, I, did, I wouldn't want to be back in Manhattan right now, which is where we lived the last 18 years. Um, so we're really happy. And I'm, I, what I'm what I'm hoping, truthfully, is I think Italy will be one of the first places to get healthy. If we keep this quarantine going, it'll be Italy that's healthy. And then I hope that we, you know, we were planning to travel all summer, but now maybe the travel will just be us being nicely, comfortably parked in the mountains of Tuscany. And we'll just chill in Italy um, this summer and then stay here longer. I don't know. It's, I'm loving it here. So uh, I hope we get healthy here. And then I hope everybody in America gets healthy. My fear for the United States right now is that if they reduce this quarantine, which is exactly where I think is going to happen based on the way you hear Trump talking, I think that this is going to drag on in in the U.S. For, for, for months and months and months. And you'll have pockets of the U.S. that are sick. And that's super complicated, right? It's a lot harder to cut to quarantine a country that is five times the size of Italy. But even Bill Gates said yesterday, like the U.S. just needs – I think Bill Gates was saying a six-week quarantine could could flatten the curve. And I think the faster that everyone – like I'm not a scientist or a doctor. I just – I'm reading the same things that you read. I think the faster everybody stays home is then the faster everybody ultimately gets back to work safely and soundly, which is what we all want. We all want to go back to life as normal. So the long, the faster we can just stay inside and not socialize and not continue to spread the, the virus, the faster we'll all get back to life as normal, which is ultimately what we want. Yes, right? I and agree the, with you. Short-term so. pain, long-term 
long-term gain. And uh, let's hope that uh, our leaders listen to the experts in this on this case, you know, the medical experts, the health experts. David, I hope that we can stay connected. I'm going to take send everyone over to your online challenge. Thank you so much for putting that together for us. And be well, my friend. I hope that you'll come back again soon once maybe in a few weeks or something. Maybe we have more to talk about at that point or, or different things. Uh, everything's changing so quickly, right? I would love to. Thanks so much. And everybody, thanks for tuning in and hope your day is so money. To learn more about David and his challenge, his five-day challenge, head over to davidbach.com and check out his latest book, The Latte Factor. All this information is over at somoneypodcast.com. You can also download the transcript, share the episode with your friends, and subscribe to the newsletter. Oh, and by the way, send me your questions for our Friday episodes, a show entirely dedicated to your questions. The best way to reach me is either to click on Ask Farnoosh on the So Money Podcast website, submit there. You can submit on Instagram. You can direct message me. I'm at Farnoosh Tarabi on Instagram. You can email me. Barnoosh at somoneypodcast.com. Hope everybody is safe and well. See you back here on Wednesday. And in the meantime, I hope your day is so money. Money.